This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. As you can probably hear, I have been sick this last week. And uh, yeah, it was not fun to be sick. Just um, puts a little damper in everything and makes everything just a slight, slight bit harder than, than normal. But thank goodness it was nothing serious, just a, just a crappy cold, probably with the change in the weather. Jackson also <laughs> went through something. We're not exactly sure what happened. He got strangely uh, upset and Jackson loves to go to therapy and loves to go to school he loves his routine so knowing where he has to be and his anticipation of where he goes and he enjoys all of those activities he was uh he was on his way to the clinic because it was spring break last week and we pulled into the parking lot and randomly he just started crying which is not like him so you know I calmed him down and he was fine and he went inside like everything was okay and then I got a call from them and said you know he's not himself and he was crying for you know almost I'm going to say 20 to 30 minutes which for Jackson is not normal so poor Jordan had just gone on for a nap and so of course I had to wait until he had had at least a little bit of a nap and then I went and picked them up and it was just it was rough and then John came home early so that we could go to the doctor and thank goodness he tested completely negative for everything no flu no strep nothing his throat was a little scratchy it looked a little red is what the doctor said but his ears were clear so we had no idea what happened I gave him a dose of Tylenol and he was fine. So I don't know. And the next day he was 100%. So weird, weird kid bug. I don't know. I don't know. But whatever whatever he had, I, ha- I got it a thousand times worse if it was even the same thing. So uh, yeah, that was, that was quite fun. Uh, the, the weather was nicer this weekend. So we did end up going out for a walk, which was kind of amazing. Amazing. So that was kind of fun as a family. Change in the weather always makes things better. Better, better, better. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I joke slash not really joke that I would love to move to LA because I want to be in a place where it is always sunny so that we can go outside more often. I think being indoors, the walls start to close in and none of us feel good. I definitely have seasonal affect disorder. I'm fairly convinced that my whole family does, but you know, I, I know for sure I do. Uh, you know, and I take my doses of vitamin D, but I don't know that it 100% helps. I have no idea. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been good though. I mean, I can't, can't complain. The only weird thing that happened, Jackson has a couple of pajamas that are a little, getting a little older and tighter on him, uh, of those zippy up the backup pajamas and the inescapable pajamas that he's starting to learn how to escape. And he has ripped up the knees of two of them. So I had to go back and I had to try to find two. I, I, I bought a couple of the same brand, but shorts. That's like it's a bodysuit, but instead of going all the way down the leg, it stops sort of before the knee, like sort of in mid thigh. I have no idea if this is going to help. Maybe he's just getting too hot. I don't know, but he has hulked his way out of those. So that has been a very interesting experience for us all around the bend. 
But today, before I get into what today's topic is about, I wanted to bring up that I'm going to be hosting an Instagram Live Tuesday the 9th at 8 p.m. Central. So I'm going to get on and just kind of try to build a little bit more of this community because I know that a lot of you listen and, you know, maybe you're just like me, felt really isolated and alone. And the whole point of this was to bring people together because I know I have felt so alone in this community. And, you know, it's not to say that there aren't a lot of parents who go through this and have this experience, but just because you have kids that are on the spectrum doesn't make you 100% all on the same page. As we've heard with some of my other episodes, we're not all in agreement on everything. Some people vaccinate, some people don't. You all know how I feel about this, vaccinate your kids. And so this way, we have a place. And if you have questions or anything you want to talk about, and by the way, if you listen to this podcast and you don't have a kid on the spectrum or you're just curious or you have questions, please bring them that day. You don't have to be somebody who's like a part of this community because allyship and inclusion and people who care and people who are interested and want to help, oh my gosh, we need you. We need you. We need you. So please join us uh, at, on Instagram at 8 p.m. Instagram live. Allie Real to Real. That's Allie, A-L-I-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L if you don't already follow me. Okay, let's jump into today's episode topic, which is about food and eating. So I want to start by saying that this episode is not about, not specifically going to be about like allergies or issues with food as far as like digestion and all that kind of stuff. That's a whole other episode that I'm sure I will tackle later because we definitely deal with it. Um, And it may feed its way in here a little bit, but mostly what I want to talk about is food choices and what's a common issue with kids I mean kids in general but specifically kids on the spectrum because they get so into routine is choices of food and how we can break in to change that and get different foods into our kids that are maybe more healthy or more better choices or more diverse foods so that they're getting the nutrients that they need so I wanted to start I have a uh an expert. Uh, she's a CCCSLP. Okay, so what do all those lovely letters mean? So CCC is a Certificate of Clinical Competence, and an SLP is a Speech and Language Pathologist. So Jackson C is a speech therapist. They are an SLP, which is the Speech and Language Pathologist. If you hear people who talk about that, that's their certification, and that's what they that's that's their 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 letters, if you will. <laughs> so uh, I spoke with Kristen Techmansky. And she's a pediatric feeding therapist. And she threw some da-da-da-da-da pro tips our way. So I thought I would share these. And then once I give you her tips, I thought I might sort of expand on them and tell you what we've done with Jackson. So and what we've tried and haven't tried and what I might use from her tips and try ourselves. So here you go. She talks about the fact that the, the best way to build familiarity with new foods is to do pretend play. Other ways are to listen to or sing songs about food and have the child help prepare foods. Also, this is kind of a neat idea, is to let them serve your plate and feed you. So the more they see and smell and touch the foods, the more likely they are to try them, which is kind of cool. Also, 
they recommend pairing new foods with favorite foods. So she says, you know, think about the foods the child likes and are there any patterns? Are there textures or flavors? And is it a preferred temperature? Do they like cold food, hot food, all that kind of stuff? Because the whole idea is to keep the stress level low and the appetite up. So the target is to use 75% of a preferred food and only a small amount of a new food. So here she gives an example. She says, you know, pick a spot on a plate for the new food. So she she talks about like if you have a Mickey Mouse plate. So two small green bean pieces, like green beans on the Mickey Mouse ears, and then let the rest of the plate be filled with the preferred food. So you've got one ear that has the small green bean and the rest of the plate is like mashed potatoes or whatever else that is that they like. For the older kids who can talk about and describe foods, you can ask them to use words to describe the foods they're trying. Uh, she recommends to avoid negative terms like ew and nasty, but tell the kids that we can't hurt food's feelings, so we should um, use actual adjectives, things that describe the color, the texture, and the flavor. What does it taste like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? She also gave a recommendation. She said anything by Melanie Patek, she's a CCC SLP, is also a great source of info, and she only lets her client families Google Melanie Potok, I think is how you say her name, P-O-T-O-C-K. So those are some great tips. So I want to expand on what she said as far as Jackson's concerned and also talk a little bit about some of my friends who have kids and how this, just to tell you how absolutely spectrumed this issue is, I'm going to tell you Jackson's experience and then the experience of so many of my other friends as well. So it is rare to find a kiddo with autism that has not experienced some kind of food issues. Now, I know that's a wide range for kids in general. So, you know, this might actually help any parent uh, who has a picky eater or somebody who, who, you know, has preferred foods and you just don't know quite how to get them to do new things. So I think that what Kristen explained in here is actually great because I think it works great for all kids and, and her basic ideas are great for any neurotypical kid to begin with. So for Jackson, her very first example of something to do with pretend play is a great idea, but Jackson struggles with pretend play. It's one of his biggest uh, sources of issue. It's it's actually a very common problem with kids on the spectrum. So for us, we can do it, and I think it's actually a great idea to do pretend play, but it, it's he's, he's going to lose interest real fast because pretend play is not what he does on the regular very rarely and very controlled situations listening to and singing songs about food a hundred percent and as a matter of fact in Jackson's case we have we've watched a video all on fruits and vegetables and he's got such a good ear and I've talked about how he loves music and all that stuff and we've actually gone to the grocery store and he'll point out all of the vegetables and the fruits to the point of where people are just like, how does he know what a rutabaga is? How does, how does he, how does he know what jicama is? Like Jackson knows he'll be, he's like artichoke, asparagus, like in in the the video he watches does it in uh, alphabetical order. So he'll go through and he'll point them out. It's very funny. So uh, I think that's a great idea. And in our case, that was a, a, a great thing to, to say, Hey, remember we watched this video or remember you said the artichoke, let's try it and see what happens. So that's been very useful for us. Having the child help prepare foods. Mm, For us, that's a little hard. First of all, our kitchen is kind of, it feels like a death trap. You know, even to this point, I mean, Jackson eats in the kitchen, he eats in his chair, he straps himself in, and he kind of stays there. 
and preparing foods he's still you know he's still struggling to like hold a pencil properly and things like that so getting him to actually be able to prepare foods the way that it sounds like they mean however could he stir a pot sure could he and as a matter of fact in the mornings he gets a banana usually in the morning and I will let him cut his own banana with a butter knife and he does great so those are things that I will let him do it gets him involved in his own food would that maybe help if we could make broccoli and steam it real good and then let him cut it up maybe I don't know I haven't thought about that 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 might be a really great option so I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that as an option uh and you know just take the time and maybe figure out a way to help him prepare some foods and see if maybe that would encourage him to want to try them so that's a great idea uh let them serve your plate and feed you I don't know if Jackson would even care about doing that but why not? I might as well try that. Let's see if that does anything. And lots of times I'll, I'll have my food and Jackson will come over and smell it. He's very interested in the smells of foods. He doesn't always want to try them because I'll almost always offer him something I have. So I make my breakfast and he'll come over and smell it. And I'll be like, you want to taste? And he'll say no or sometimes yes. And anytime he's interested, I always give him a bite. We also do this thing where we'll go to, you know, if we're at Costco or Trader Joe's or one of those places and they have samples, if it's something he's able to eat, I always offer it to him. And even if he says no, I sometimes ask him to take a no thank you bite. This has worked really well for us now that he understands what that means, that he always has to take a no thank you bite. You try it and if you don't like it, that's totally fine. You can say no thank you, but you have to give it a bite. And I want to pause here for two seconds because Jackson we we have Jackson on a fairly restricted diet for all the digestion stuff and again I'm not going to go deep into it but because he's on a restricted diet because he doesn't eat eat dairy and because he is a pescatarian he doesn't eat red meat or chicken it it limits what we can give him and how we can do that now the nice thing is that I am very similar I do eat dairy on the occasion not all the time and I my preferred venue is to not have dairy mostly and Jackson can eat this is not true though see Jackson can eat butter if it's been baked or inside of like a a baked good you know and they put butter in it that's fine it's just I'm not going to slather butter on a piece of bread for him and he's not drinking milk and he doesn't have ice cream or any of those things or cheese so we we're we're limited on those things so when we try these things sometimes he is interested in trying something but we know that it's not going to be something he can have so so, it's terrible but sometimes we just say nope that's not for Jackson's Jackson that has dairy in it you can't have it or that has cheese so it's not for you sorry buddy you know and he usually will let it go he doesn't fight us on it I also want to pause and say in Jackson's case he loves to eat I think that Jackson's the most calm when he has food. He's the most happy when he's eating his meal. He brings a meal to school and to his clinic that is the size of most adults. And he's been doing that for years. And nobody believes us, but it is true. And when he's home, he's always asking for snacks. Uh, Mommy, can I have apple? Daddy, can I have apple? Can I have orange? Can I, you know, and, and he's a fairly, I would say, relatively healthy eater in that his choice is always to go to fruit He would much prefer to eat fruit than anything else, which again, fruit is high in sugar, but if he's eating the actual fruit, then at least he's getting the fiber piece of it. And we, we had to go through a whole feeding program to 
encourage him to eat vegetables. So let me talk a little bit about that because Kristen's next thing is to pair new foods with favorite foods. And this is kind of how we did this. So we knew Jackson liked, we knew Jackson loves fruit. And we know apples, for example, and oranges are some of his favorites. And they're the most portable things that we can cut up and like send with him. So we do that. And in order to get him to try new things like celery or carrots or peppers even, we had to introduce those by also offering his preferred foods. So we did this actually at his clinic and through his speech and language pathologist at the time, she helped out with this and then they also transferred it over to his ABA therapists and his BCBA. So the way that they went about it is they would pull out one of the non-preferred foods. So let's say a pepper. So they would pull out the pepper and then they would also have some blueberries or a piece of apple on the side and they would say, okay, so eat this pepper and then you can have apple or blueberries or you can choose whichever one you want of these other things. And that's kind of how we started it is that in order to do it, sometimes it was one bite. It was this tiny little piece. Then it was the whole piece. Then it was, you can have two, if you have two pieces of pepper, you can have two pieces of apple. So it was a very gradual thing. And in Jackson's case, it actually didn't take very long, which I was both surprised and not surprised by because he was so adamant against eating some of these foods. I thought, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. But because Jackson likes to eat, it actually worked out really well. So now we send him with a, a mixture of things. He doesn't really need the therapeutic experience of preferred food versus non-preferred food, but it is easier to get him to eat all of his vegetables if he also has foods that he really, really likes. Now, of course, he's going to try to choose all of the fruits first in his lunch before he goes for the vegetables. So we've had to kind of work with his, his team and say, okay, listen, he has to eat his vegetables first, or at least... He has to eat some vegetables and then he can have some fruit and then he has to have some vegetables and some fruits because he was coming home with like most of the vegetables left for a while and we were like, yeah, that's that's not going to fly here. He has to eat the veggies. So sometimes you have to be a little creative. But the nice thing is that as we introduce some of these newer vegetables to Jackson, he tends to he tends to be better with it. It's not so scary and it's not such an, a, a crazy thing for him. And especially if we, you know, take him to the grocery store. Sometimes we can even say, hey, do you want to pick out what do you want for lunch? And sometimes he'll point to something and, well, you know, he'll try it, like celery. I think one time he, uh, I said, you know, do you want carrots or celery for lunch? And then he'll tell me which one he wants. And then we go, and, and sometimes he'll say no, like he doesn't want either. And I'm like, yeah, well, buddy, sorry, you got to pick one. If you don't pick it, mommy will pick it. So, you know, we, we have boundaries and things that we have to do. But yes, the idea of having a preferred food and a small amount of the, amount of the new food, that's basically how we got Jackson to start eating vegetables. And it's worked fairly well. Let's talk a little bit about textures. So this is a very common thing. Lots of times with textures, it's that's the biggest problem is that the reason they don't like things is because they're the wrong texture. And in Jackson's case, I can't seem to get him to try things like soup and anything that is small grain. I would love for him to eat quinoa, for example, because it's, you know, it's a good grain and it's good, you know, whatever. It's got a little bit of protein in it. It'd be great for him. But he doesn't seem interested and I can't seem to get that in him. He loves 
I can get him to eat like applesauce. He loves applesauce. He loves oatmeal, anything like that. I could probably get him to eat, you know, mashed sweet potatoes. I, I think he used to eat that. We haven't made them in a long time. So I, I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure I could get him to eat that. You know, there are things that I could get into him, but soup, it just, I think it's too, it looks too difficult because it's chunks inside of liquid and that's hard to navigate probably uh, tactily with picking up a spoon and making sure things don't fall on you. I'm sure that looks really difficult. I think if it were more like chili, I bet, or a stew, something that's a little bit more hearty, he would probably eat that a little bit more likely. And as a matter of fact, I think he's had chili before, if I'm remembering correctly, vegetarian chili, but definitely. But if I were to make him a plate of beans, I don't think he would eat those. So these are things that I have to start working on to expand his palate a little bit more. Um, he eats tuna fish and he eats salmon, tuna fish salad, salmon salad, things like that. Although I can't seem to get him to take like a bite of fish. I'm like, it's the same thing you eat all the time, but he just doesn't seem to want to go there. So uh, we're, we're definitely still working on some of the more, what I would say, th that's a bigger exploration for him and that's a little harder. So we have to work on it. We have to get him there and it's patience and it takes a lot of time and Sometimes you don't have the time and the effort is hard and, you know, I have a, an 11 month old and right now I'm trying to get him to eat food. So it's, <laughs> it's I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm definitely not gonna say like, oh, I've got this all down. I got a kid that eats. So let's talk a little bit about the kids that don't want to eat at all. I have a friend and her son, one of the reasons that they even got him checked out and diagnosed when he was I think 18 months old was when he got his diagnosis was because he stopped being interested in food he just wouldn't eat and they were freaking out they're like what do we do when they finally got his diagnosis and they started therapies with him it got a little bit better now what happens in a situation like that is that sometimes that means you will put whatever into the mouth of whatever your, your kid will eat and that can breed some difficult habits so again let me say this you want your kid to eat. So if you're in a situation where you have a child that will not eat food if you do not put chicken nuggets in front of them, then you put chicken nuggets in front of them so that they will put food in their body because it is way more important that they actually get sustenance because these kids will go on a hunger strike, on a food strike, and they will just not eat. So lots of times it's a much more difficult issue. Now, the question comes down to whether it's a texture issue, whether it's a structural issue, like swallowing the amount of food or feeling like it's pieces are too big or, or I don't like the texture or the flavor. Lots of times those are the issues and then you have to sort of suss those out. But if it's really just a, I have to have this food because this is what I'm used to and this is what I will eat, at that point you might be able to do a little bit of what we did and start to bring in like the no thank you bite. Hey, you don't have to eat this all the time. Or hey, you have six chicken nuggets over here, but we're going to take a very small bite of this broccoli or we're going to take a very small bite of this carrot or whatever just to get a different, to, to just start bringing it in. And then you very slowly get it more and more and more. Starbucks sells this peanut butter and jelly box or whatever it is. It's like, um, it's peanut butter and it's like a half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I think it has grapes and apple slices and then carrots and cucumbers like little baby carrots and cucumbers and then I think it like has ranch dressing whatever and then these chocolate covered raisins we get that box all the time oh oh and a, oh and a, a mozzarella stick a cheese stick so we get that box all the time for Jackson 
but that mozzarella cheese stick goes away because he can't eat the dairy. He certainly isn't going to be dipping his stuff into ranch. And those chocolate-covered raisins, it's milk chocolate, so I don't want him to have that. So those three, those things all go away, and then what he's left with is a half a sandwich, the apples, the grapes, the carrots, and the cucumbers. And when we first started get, getting him this box, all he would eat were the apples, the grapes, and the half sandwich. And now he eats the cucumbers and the carrots. And he, it used to be this fight, but now he eats everything. If we get him that box, he knows that that's lunch, and he will eat it. And there's no fight. There's no conversation. There's no nothing. He just he'll do it, which is amazing. And then that's new and not you know that took time and that took a lot of energy but it, it's important because to me his nutrition I want I'm trying to build him into better habits as he gets older and if I'm the one buying the food I need to make sure that what's in the house is something that he's either a going to eat I mean definitely a gonna eat but also b that's going to be as healthy as possible for him so I want to make sure that this that we start start early to set these healthy boundaries so that he knows that he has a variety of foods that he can eat. His palate is not that big, not yet. And my goal is to expand it. Like I said, I'm trying to get him to eat soups. I'm trying to get him to eat more options. And part of it is us. We're so, I don't cook, which is a problem. And John cooks, but he's working. So he's exhausted. So what we get a little in a rut and it's very hard to think okay today we're going to actually work on making new foods and introducing them and that's also why we have a team and that's really helpful so one of the things that I'm going to start doing as the summer rolls around is starting to send in new foods for him and having his team work with him to make sure that he's eating new stuff because I want to make sure that we have more options because as Jordan grows up and we all start eating more often as a family right now we don't eat as a family right now Jackson comes home from his clinic he's already had dinner there nine times out of ten and Jordan eats separately and then John and I have dinner together it's like the strangest mishmash and again they're young and different and that's okay but as I both start to get older I you know, family dinners was something that we did in my family, and I think it's important. And it's a, especially even if it doesn't happen during the week, at least on the weekends, I'd like for all of us to eat together. So if we go to a restaurant or we're sitting down to dinner together, we we can all eat the same meal as much as possible. So this is my goal. It's a future goal, but it is something I'd like to have happen. And it would be nice to be able to put a plate of food down in front of Jackson that has more than just crackers with tuna fish on them and some slices of cucumber I would like to see you know an actual meal in front of him that you know a piece of salmon or you know and him eating it without there being you know a big old issue again these are lofty goals I get it I don't think I'm going to be putting a salad bowl in front of my kid anytime soon and having him like be like yo let me have the salad but it would be great if I could get him to eat a bowl of soup so again moderate goals but still out there and definitely something I would like to see happen uh so yeah that's that's sort of where where we are and what's going on in our feeding food and fun (laughs) world oh yay so if you have any tips or tricks or things that you've done with your kids or uh, whether they're neurotypical or whether they're on the spectrum or whatever, please share them with me. And you can always go to uh, Allie Real to Real. That's Allie, A-L-I, 
R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L. And you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, any of those places. And, you know, just hit, say, hey, you talked about the, the eating and feeding situation. Here's what we've done, and it's worked great. I would love to hear your tips and tricks because any – any info is helpful to help us all. And don't forget to find us on Instagram Live next Tuesday, the 9th at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, we'll be on answering questions and talking about topics and just trying to keep us all sane and happy together. Also, um, important, I'm actually recording this on World Autism Day. So it's Autism Month, Autism Awareness Month, which I always find is such an interesting thing to say because it's we're all aware of autism, okay? We don't need any more awareness. What we need is acceptance and inclusion and supports. Supports for the family, supports for the people who have autism, all of that. That's what we need. We need inclusion and acceptance. We're all pretty freaking aware. So <laughs> that's that. Uh, my, little, my little PSA on that. And lastly, if you are looking to subscribe to this podcast, please do. If you're looking to share the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, on Apple iTunes, I think it's Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Spotify. And uh, if you go to actinguppodcast.com, it'll shoot you over to my Podbean site and you can find all the episodes listed there. But I always put the most recent episode usually up in my Instagram bio and uh, I always have a post up about it on Facebook. I'm so glad that you have been joining us and listening and sharing this. Thank you so much. If you have any questions or thoughts or whatever please feel free to reach out to me I am always open and interested in what you have to say and I because I really appreciate you all as listeners so thanks friends and you know remember take it one day at a time one minute at a time sometimes one second at a time and just hang in there we're all in this together 